0: Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul on demand, hanging out with country music up and comer, Kylie Morgan.
1: Oh my God, to be able to have catering, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what is life? Wow. Like we're used to like, okay, let's like run through Starbucks, get some egg white bites, and like keep going in the van. And now that we have the bus and now that we have catering, we're just like, what do we do with all this time, with all this food? Like, are we good? Like, what's happening? <laughs>
0: Kylie Morgan's got a great spirit, great attitude. We had a lot of fun in this interview. You'll learn a lot about the new up-and-coming country star. You're going to hear her name a lot more in the future. Uh, In the past here at Taste of Country Nights On Demand, you can check out recent interviews with Kenny Chesney, Jason Aldean, Lainey Wilson, Jelly Roll, and more. Just search for Taste of Country Nights On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is part of the Town Square Media Podcast Network. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Evan Paul here, hanging out with Kylie Morgan. What's happening?
1: Hello, I'm so sorry I'm late. Don't fire me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fired on your first day. Uh, no, no, of course not. Thank you for coming in. Stop. Of course,
1: out. no. I'm here for the all blue right now.
0: Yeah, it's all blue. Everything. I didn't even realize the coffee mug and, and oh. everything. Hey, you
1: yeah. are what you attract, and I feel like you were like today is a royal blue day. So. I knew you're a
0: songwriter, and now I need you to write a song about being blue. Oh
1: yeah. no, I'm pretty good at topics. <laughs> so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about uh, if you wanted to, he would. Yeah. Where have you been where you've heard that playing where you were like, oh, my goodness.
1: Oh, my gosh. What's crazy is like as a songwriter, and I feel like you can relate to this as a creative in general. It's just like nine times out of ten, you hear something and you're like, oh, that's already been done. You know, and it's like a normal thing that you hear continuously. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's no way there's not a song about that. Well, long story short, I was scrolling through TikTok after my management was like, hi, here's what you need to do. After the pandemic, it's called TikTok. And I was like, cool, I am going to be OK. <laughs> OK, <laughs> so I was like, I'm just going to post my song, see what happens. Well, I was going through TikTok and um, I found this girl and she didn't have a deal. She like literally was brand new into Nashville. And I just became obsessed with her, her writing skills, her as a person. And I've never done this before, but I just reached out to her on TikTok. And I was like, listen, I think you're a superstar. I would love to create with you. And the first song we ever wrote together was if you wanted to, he would. And she brought this idea from her hearing it through the app and her hearing it through her friends. And I've been told this like a thousand times, you know, being in a toxic, toxic relationship myself. And I was like, Oh my God, how has this not been done? Like it was unreal. And right. I was like, okay well here we are like god gave us this gift of <laughs> this, <laughs> this random thing that no one has written about so here we are
0: <laughs> do you like uh do you google that like first oh
1: 100 okay first i spotify it and i'm like you know let's see if this is even a title and then we google it and i was like wait how are we the first people to do this Like right. it was unreal to me i was like wow let's jump on this real quick <laughs>
0: And when in a relationship have you gotten to that point where it sparked and it hit you or you were like, you know what, if he wanted to do it, he would.
1: You know, what's crazy is, like, the day and age we're in is everything is such a convenience. You know, it's a swipe left, swipe right situation. And, like, I always, like, think about the fact of, like, remember when, like, people used to, like, buy you flowers as soon as they pick you up from your own house to take you on a date? And that's, like, just the... <laughs> bare minimum that you would expect. And now that's like the maximum. And so I just like thought about the fact of like, when did the bare minimum become like the, the non-standard, you know? Yeah. And I feel like I call it the big sister song. So the, the, all the subjects that I needed to hear when I was in that toxic relationship, it's kind of the tough love message that I tend to give.
0: And what do you do with all the messages you probably receive about the song and how it like woke people up? Oh my gosh.
1: For real. Um, what's crazy about it is like why I started music is because it was, it was really just free therapy to me, to be honest. And when I started putting out my songs, I realized that like, these songs weren't just therapy for me, they ended up being these things that people didn't know how to say that, like, as soon as they heard it, they're like, that's what I've been feeling. So I've been able to relate to so many people on so many levels that are just complete strangers, which is crazy to me, but also exactly why I started.
0: Now with this album, you wrote or co-wrote each song. Did you find that important? Did you not set out to get any outside songs? Did you just not find any that fit you?
1: I have been a writer my whole life. I was a writer before I was an artist, and to me, this sounds really bad, but, like, when it comes to outside songs, at least for now, I feel like I have so many song babies myself that it would be, like, adopting when I already have all these song babies,
0: you know? that's fair. So,
1: I already feel so close to so many songs, and, like, I could honestly put out like probably four albums right now of songs that like I just love that I've been writing for the past 10 years. So um, to be able to kind of like have that time to figure out not only who I was as a person, but who I was and what I wanted to say as an artist, I feel like being a songwriter definitely gave that to me.
0: What about your Like six chorus songs from when you were 10? Do you ever decide to rework any of those Have any of those lyrics? Absolutely not. <laughs> Do those live somewhere? Do you ever look back on those?
1: I do in a way that like it made me realize, you know, where I came from and, and the the growth that I've seen. Um, but again, like, the, you know, those those 10 chorus songs that I wrote when I was 10, 12 <laughs> years old, I was just like, honestly, it was it was just straight up free therapy to me. And I got to be able to, like, just put all my feelings out on paper without like feeling like a crazy person.
0: <laughs> okay. And being from Oklahoma, who are some Oklahomans? that is that right? Oklahoma? Oh, yeah. Who, have some, uh, who are some Oklahomans that you've looked up to in country music? I
1: call them my Oklahomies. Okay, Oklahomies. <laughs> um, what's crazy is I always joke and say that I swear there's something in our water because we all, are all just like bored and pick up a guitar. I don't know what happens, but <laughs> between Carrie Underwood, Blake Shelton, Reba McIntyre, Vince Gill, I mean, there's so many people from Oklahoma that have continued to inspire me um but it's really cool being able to have that basis of like okay well if they did it then i feel like i could do it so okay they it, they set the precedence
0: uh what about toby keith have you ever had a chance to work with him or meet him
1: i have not and here's what's crazy my dad actually grew up with him let's hear it <laughs> so he has many stories that i feel like should not be told on a mic <laughs> from toby keith
0: was your dad in music
1: he was not um <laughs> From Moore, Oklahoma, they were nothing but street fighters. And all they did was just cause some ruckus, to be honest. Wow. And uh, when Toby started getting some success, uh, my dad was working out with him at the gym one day. And he he went up to my dad and he was just like, you know, Johnson, my my original last name. And um, he was like, Johnson, I, I, I can't come back to the gym anymore. Pe- too many people know who I am. And he was like, all right. And that was the last time we talked to him.
0: Wow. Crazy. They don't keep in touch or anything?
1: I mean, especially since Toby got sick, we've we've been in contact a little bit with his family just to check on him, um, to be honest. But uh, it definitely was like a, okay, well, I'm going to kind of separate myself. And, and I totally get that, too, especially, like, coming from the same small town. It's like, usually you get a lot of people out of the woodwork that you don't want to have to deal
0: right. with. Right. So. <laughs> Is it hard for like you and your dad to see Toby in the condition that he was in? Absolutely.
1: Was in? Um, especially like when you, I mean, when you grow up with someone in general, it's just like to see them in a way that where they're struggling and like where they're, they went from being on top of the world to like, no one is, I mean, heartbreak and cancer has no mercy, you know? And so when it comes down to it, you're just like, even, even the most successful people can deal with this and have to deal with this. And so it definitely humanizes you for sure.
0: Who are some other people other than Walker Hayes that have kind of lent a hand to you along the way so far?
1: So, Walker, um, man, Walker and I have been writing together since we were, I was 15 years old. And he was, like, kind of like my big brother mentor. And um, the reason I got my publishing deal was through him. Um, I started writing songs with him at a young age. And then I wound up in his catalog. And then this guy named Shane McNally. Um, who has a you bajillion of number Yeah. Ones. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every if you've heard it on the radio, that's probably Shane. Yeah. And um he heard my songs through Walker's catalog and to be able to meet someone and also create with someone that like continues to reintroduce people in your life that whoa, okay. This right, is my first day. <laughs> um <laughs> to reintroduce people into your life that changes your life is pretty unreal.
0: Okay. All right. Um, what's it like touring with old dominion?
1: Oh my God. OD has been, I, I'm, I will say I'm just, I'm spoiled from now on. Cause like <laughs> they, they treat me amazing. Um, they also are just like so kind and so accommodating and like whatever we need, they're like, how can we help you? And, To be honest, not a lot of artists are like that. And so to be able to this be like our first arena tour and like to be able to like, I feel like we're like at this like maximum strength of our team with their team. And so, yeah, I'm going to be I feel like I'm going to be disappointed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's their food spread like backstage?
1: Oh, my God. To be able to have catering breakfast, lunch and dinner. What is life? Wow. Like, we're used to like, okay, let's like run through Starbucks, get some egg white bites and like keep going in the van. And now that we have the bus and now that we have catering, we're just like, what do we do with all this time with all this food? Like, are we good?
0: Like, what's <laughs> <happening>? <laughs> 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 Truly. It's funny. Um, I want to talk about the pink guitar that your grandfather got you. Do you yeah. still have that?
1: I do. Here's what's crazy too. You'll never believe this. So I, I lost my house in a tornado when I was 17 years old and My great-great-grandfather got me um, or passed down a 1947 Gibson. And what's crazy is there is two things that survived this tornado. And it was the little pink guitar that my grandfather gave me that was not touched, that still doesn't even have a scratch on it. Wow. And then this 1947, I was walking out of my my house to go into the shelter. And I was like, Mom, I got to grab this guitar. And she was like, we don't have time. We got to go. After we lost the house, we got out of the shelter. This guitar was broken into a thousand pieces, but it was on top of everything. So I brought this guitar in pieces to Nashville and this guy in Barry Hill literally put it back together piece by piece. And now it plays better than it did
0: stop it and you still play it i do wow what it's a cool the only story. instrument
1: that stays on our wall
0: wow and hey. everyone
1: that walks in they're like can i i'm like no
0: nope <laughs> <laughs> don't slam the door too hard <laughs>
1: exactly
0: weather has kind of been a deal in your life Didn't your marriage get postponed
1: oh my god i swear i'm like the weather just follows me like yeah. i don't know what's happening yeah the day before i was supposed to get married on october 1st um Hurricane Ian was the most uninvited guest to our wedding. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. um, Who invited you? Um, But at the end of it, like, this sounds bad, but my husband and I are both artists. So, like, a wedding to us, we've been together for eight years. So, like, a wedding to us is, like, a show. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a show for yourselves, for your friends and family, and you put on this show and you, like, prove this, like, beautiful time in your life, but it's also, it's just a day, you know? And so we did all these interviews and actually we were talking about this last night because we did um, so many like um, mainstream interviews with like People Magazine, like Inside Edition. And we were like, as long as this becomes a interview about the relief concert that we're putting on, because we planned a whole relief concert. And of course, live TV, they can not make it about that. So <laughs> we were like, well, now we just look like jerks acting like, like this this wedding day was the worst thing ever. But okay. Honestly, we were just like so worried about our friends and family that had lost their homes. And so we were like, as long as this is about the relief concert. So we ended up like raising like sixty five thousand dollars for all the victims of the hurricane. And then we have a wedding planner that is a superhero and copied and pasted Pretty much a whole new wedding and a whole new venue with all new vendors in a month and a half. So she was amazing.
0: Wow. Yeah. And I saw you're a yoga instructor. I am. Are you getting any country artists that are starting to like, like goat yoga, like country yoga? Oh,
1: it's so funny. Being on the road with OD, they're like, we're going to do yoga, right? And I'm like, tell me when. And suddenly they're like, oh, Busy. <laughs> I'm like, I bet, uh huh. All those beers catching up. So again. no yoga for
0: Old Dominion. <laughs>
1: no yoga for Old Dominion yet. But okay, I am, I'm gonna hold them to their word because they okay, want to do a class fair. on the road.
0: So, <laughs> um, on the song "Old Me," uh, are those dates that you mentioned specific to anything?
1: They are. So, um, uh, the very first date that I mentioned is from the tornado um, when I lost the house, and then um, I also like bring up like these tragedies that I feel like. I, I looked at it as it happened to me for so long and then I realized it happened for me. And so I kind of like just changed my perspective. I, I lost, um, one of my best friends to breast cancer is breast cancer awareness month. And she was 29 years old. She, I met her through yoga. Like I, she was, she cooked all her own food. She was the perfect, like, you know, post child of health. And so you just, you never know like what's going to happen. And so with these, um, with it being like the first, the very first like debut record, I was like, you know what? I want to like put these specific dates in there because I want to be the proof that like, you will be okay even after these. And so they are very specific dates or very specific tragedies. But again, I now look at them as they happened for me instead of to me.
0: For a reason. Okay. Uh, And then on class rings, can you give me the story of that song?
1: So my sister is now a, um, a, freshman in college which makes me feel very old.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm like um what is life? Here we are 28 years old and I'm just like how did this happen? Also like these hand-me-downs turned into hand-me-ups because I'm like can you hand me that cuz it's really cute. Yeah. Um <laughs>
0: That's funny.
1: And so with class ring, she was shopping for her class ring, you know, in in senior year of high school and I ended up um very long story short, I ended up um changing into, um, my sophomore year, I went to online school so I could tour full time and coming from a small town, people don't like that for some reason. Okay, They're like, Oh, you're trying to succeed outside of this small town. We hate you. (laughs) (laughs) And so I like completely had a different experience of high school. I did not like it. I was bullied a lot all, all growing up. And and she, I think, saw the route that I took in a way where I started my full time job at 14 years old. You know, I was touring full time and she, I was like, I want to grow up tomorrow. And she was like, Peter Pan, I never want to grow up. And so we were um, we were shopping for a class ring and it like just hit me. I was like, oh, my God, these are so expensive, but none of them are made of diamonds. Like, why are they so expensive? Right, right, right. It's the Same thing as a wedding. They're up charge 10,000 percent. And I was like, man, I, these are these are not made of diamonds because no one should trust a teenager with something special, you know? And being hurt at a young age from my first love that, again, happened for me and not to me, um, it made me realize that there's a reason they don't put diamonds in those class rings because none of us should be trusted with that at a young age. And so I wanted to kind of put that in into a comparison of love and um, falling in love too soon and, and kind of feeling like you... Um, You jumped into something that you weren't ready for.
0: Did you ever do that?
1: Oh, God. Yes. (laughs) Guess what? He has, like, 17 kids, and he's still in our hometown, and I'm touring full-time. So. Yeah! <laughs> Not that it's a
0: competition. Does he know all these are
1: about him? I don't know how he couldn't. I mean, I do. I, I throw him in every interview. I'm like, you know what? He was the inspiration. Thank you so much for breaking my heart. That's awesome. Sorry you have 17 children now. Sucka. <laughs> no. um, it's definitely one of those things, too, coming from a small town. There's no way he doesn't know.
0: That's great. (laughs) Well, we love the album. We appreciate you coming by. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for
0: sure. (laughs) All right, we'll bring in Billy Dukes from behind the camera to talk about this interview we had with the up-and-coming Kylie Morgan. What's happening?
2: I like her. I like her music, and she's got a good story, doesn't she? She does, and
0: I remember when her song uh, first came out that we were playing on the radio, there was a story out, it was right during COVID, and they, her and her uh, fiance, husband now, were supposed to get married, but they had to postpone their wedding due to COVID. So I, that's how I was introduced to her. You know, I would talk about her song on the radio, and I'd be like, she had to postpone her wedding because of COVID. And that really was the only thing I knew about her until she, uh, she showed up. Yeah,
2: she is really cool. It's, she lost her house as well to a tornado like many years ago and it's interesting how many artists we've talked to over the years that have at some point lost everything in like a house fire or a storm or um, or something like that like uh, the homie Nate Smith he had a, yeah. he was part of that paradise California house fire situation
0: yeah yeah and wasn't there some stuff that happened uh, with the Nashville tornadoes or was nobody uh, did anybody lose their house with that
2: I think so uh, I no one's coming to mind right off the top, but, like, I know Kaylee Hammock had previously, her house had burned down, uh, and then you get back to the Nashville floods where it seemed like everybody lost just about everything. But, uh, you know, I think people, like, sometimes when they have those, like, you get that momentum from rising up from, like, great tragedy, and it just sort of propels you maybe to sort of, like, a little bit further in your career and life than you would have gone otherwise. Wait, did, did Cam lose her stuff in a house fire, or was that just the song? That was just the song, "Burning House." Yeah, I think that was a it was a metaphor, <laughs> Evan.
0: <laughs> I think that one went way over my head, but I liked the song when it was out. That was cool.
2: Yeah, um, she uh, also opened up a little bit about it kind of being—I don't know—would she say her dad was friends with Toby Keith? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, and they—they they were. She called. She said they were a street fighter back in the day. You think Toby Keith was like back in the early '80s? He was just like a like Oklahoma city thug. Is that what, oh, we're, what yeah. we're learning here? <laughs> I bet he was just,
0: just bloody knuckles like the, the jets and the, what is it? The uh, the sharks. If you're yeah, going the down and the, the Jets, I can totally see that. But then I, I wonder like, does she count as like a, as what the kids say now, nepo baby, or is that nepotism or, I mean, obviously she has talent, but, is there, is there really only a few ways in, and one of them is, like, that somebody knows somebody that knows somebody?
2: Well, she made it, She didn't seem to think that her dad and Toby kept in touch very closely. Yeah. Right? Or Yeah. Did she have another relative that was sort of in the biz? No,
0: but I feel like just that's enough. Like, I, I feel like if you're the caterer for Jelly Rolls Tour, like, I feel like, and then you become famous— there's, there's just something with being connected to the business in an early age that I feel like affects people.
2: Yeah, I see your point there. I'm not sure I've ever gotten a job, though, without an in. Like, okay, I applied at a liquor store once, and I got that job <laughs> without the in. <laughs> but that's pretty low level. I mean, like a serious career job. Like, everyone I applied to, I always, like, the, the, reels, the, the, the rails were greased a little bit for me before I got to that interview.
0: Yeah, so I wonder if, if um, you know, maybe that's, I mean, surely maybe that's the case with the music industry, but, you know, you have to have talent, though, behind that. But I do find that interesting because, like, when you unpeel, like, Morgan Wallen's career and stuff like that, and then you see, obviously, they were on The Voice, and then you, you unpeel, like, The Voice. Like, you can't just, mm-hmm. it's not like American Idol, you know? You're not just a, a, someone that tries out, right. I don't know, they kind of handpick their people, I don't know. I just feel like there's something that stems out of that.
2: You're looking for the artist who had like just like every step along the way they did it themselves, and at no point were sort of given a a little lift.
0: Yeah, where is it? Where are they? I mean, they're out where,
2: where there. Where
0: is that artist? <laughs> <laughs> know, uh, well, she had.
2: Out there. <laughs> She had a big hand from uh Walker Hayes as well. And and this is a question I think you've been asking artists lately that I think has produced some pretty interesting answers about uh like who was that artist that sort of I don't know, gave you your first look or really kind of believed in you early. And I I know you talked to George Burge about that and he said uh Craig Campbell and um you know, her answer was Walker Hayes as someone. And I, I don't recall a, a Kylie Morgan and Walker Hayes collaboration or even seeing her name on a a co-write from one of his albums um so he really sort of just helped her maybe even just wrote with her and that gave her a little confidence in her voice and in her style um and, and maybe he was supportive beyond that but it's cool to see those kind of things i think because otherwise we wouldn't ever hear these stories about how established artists are helping bring along up and um, unless it's like for a single on the radio or something
0: yeah do you think that like walking like knowing that maybe we should ask do you think Walker Hayes like knows that like remember when someone said that uh, I think it was Hunter Girl that Chris Young tipped her in a bar and, and yep. the, but like he didn't really know how much it affected her you know like
2: do you think yeah. Walker Hayes like knows this about Kylie well depending on how much time they actually spent together like you know, if it was like a number of writing sessions and like they really kind of confided in each other as she was sort of getting started, then yeah, absolutely. But if it was just like one session, and it doesn't sound like it was, um, but in the case where maybe it's just a, one songwriting session that she really got a lot more out of than he realized at the time, then, you know, maybe not, maybe it is sort of a surprise to him and it would be refreshing to, to hear that from him. Yeah,
0: I wonder uh, what uh, what's next for Kylie. Like, what direction she's going to be going in? You know, is it is it going to be like more of a like a Kelsey Ballerini, more of like a Gabby Barrett, or you know, it's it, like I just wonder what kind of direction the label and everything is going to
2: push her in. I'd like to see her get a a strong feature Um, musically I think she I don't think she's as pop friendly as Kelsey Bellarini but she's maybe not as traditional as Carly Pierce Um, but if she got uh, Gabby Barrett maybe a good sort of or the closest sort of I don't know in in terms of the same lane I think musically they're a bit different but um, you know if she got a strong feature and I think that's nowadays so many new artists men and women are really kind of breaking with like a strong Feature on another artist's album. So yeah. she was able to kind of team up. I think the first person to do that was like Lindsay L. and not the first person ever, but of this recent crop, lindsey L. and Brantley Gilbert paired up and that really kind of did well for her career. And then um, Cole Swindell and Laney Wilson, you think about that song and how that helped shaped Laney Wilson's career. Like it's a great way to sort of get you some attention that maybe you would struggle to get as just a, a solo artist.
0: I can see that. And do you think that uh Kylie Morgan's going to be like uh, a few albums deep or like what do you think we're going to see from her?
2: I I have no idea. It's it's not, it's it's so hard to say because it seems like record labels are are more and more fickle. You know, they'll promote one or two artists and maybe a couple of artists will get forgotten about for a little while. Um I don't know. I I I would if if it this was like a fan duels bet, I would probably pass on the bet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's one that I can't get a, a feel for really well
0: you could get a parlay going there maybe here if she gets on another song with somebody else yeah I'd here. have to look
2: at the odds let's yeah. see what the odds of that parlay are <laughs> <laughs> I love it you want to get you into the transition? other
0: thing you think
2: yeah yeah I want to transition us to that and I'll just pick three of those uh, okay Um, let's jump into albums that
0: we know are coming out and that we're looking forward to this year. Uh, We have a full list at tasteofcountry.com. What are some of those albums that that, uh, you're fond
2: of, Billy? Well, a couple albums that we know are coming out that are like sure things include the new album from Gabby Barrett, who we talked about, as well as Hardy's um, next Hicks tape album. This is sort of his compilation album. Um, Those are both coming out in the next, Four to six weeks, uh, I guess, end of March for Hardy. But three albums that I, I'm kind of we know are confirmed for 2024, or at least there's a heavy speculation that I'm really excited about. The first one is part two of Cody Johnson's Leather album. He's is promised that Carrie Underwood a, uh, thing. This be is on the it? reason. I mean, oh. it has to be right. He promised it. He teased it. He teed it up. He talked about it, and then he released the other album, and it wasn't there. And it was like, whoa, what, 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 what? You know, it was bizarre. Yeah. Uh so I, I wouldn't be surprised actually if he was teeing up this deluxe album just so he could include that carry on to because maybe she wasn't ready to release it and he had to sort of pivot and that makes uh. total sense. Um but I'm guessing that's coming, it'll include the carry on to a duet. And he's so hot right now, I, I would I would think there's gonna be some deep cuts on there. That's the thing with Cody Johnson, he is an album artist. Like there's always a deep cut or two on his albums that are you're gonna like better than the singles.
0: Yeah, is opinion. it going to be, do we have know like the track uh, length
2: at least or no? We don't know anything? We don't know anything about um, uh, 12 more songs is what he said at, okay. at, when he started talking about it. Um, but uh, beyond that, and even that could really change. And this is another reason why I think maybe that uh, this was uh, affected by Carrie Underwood's plans is because it's so popular nowadays for artists to put out albums with like 30 songs on it just to sort of get that number one streaming notch on on spotify and 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 such he split it up and, and kind of sacrificed some of that and i'm i'm not sure he necessarily would have done that if he didn't have to
0: Man, if this Carrie Underwood track is not on there, though, you got to go back and redo everything you just said. Because <laughs> you know, like the, then, then, like, why do you think he put that? Did it? If it's not on there, was there another reason for a split album? Maybe he just had so many tracks.
2: He owes us an explanation if, yeah. if that's not the case. Okay, you know he has that's to fine. kind of explain where that went. And
0: That's fair. It's on the cutting room floor somewhere. Maybe, maybe someone didn't approve it. You know, maybe, man, maybe, I don't know. Usually, you don't write checks. Usually, you don't write checks with your mouth until you know you can cash them. Surely, he didn't go out yeah. of his way to say he's going to put out this track with Carrie Underwood, and then it just disappeared, right?
2: I do think he spoke a little out of school when he told us that, but he must have been feeling some level of confidence. Okay, um, but you know, I think if it doesn't make it at this point, they would both look kind of bad, right? Yeah.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I don't know that Carrie would look as bad. I mean, I feel like Carrie can do anything. You know, she could
2: use a she could use something with a little sizzle, right? She could. Like her current single isn't scorching up the charts. Like something that was just sort of like an award show moment. You put those two at the CMAs, uh, that'd be pretty special, I think. That would be. Yeah, yeah. I would like to see that.
0: Well, Last I talk November. A bit of, I want to talk a little bit about the Hicks tape, too, when you get a chance, because I'm not quite sure I understand like what is, what's about to happen with the Hardy one.
2: Well, that's a good sort of segue into where I was going next. He's doing – so when he does the Hicks tape, it's essentially uh, – and each song is a collaboration – between friends, he gets his buddies or some other people in the genre to sort of create an original song. Uh, sometimes he's not the lead vocalist, sometimes he is, but it's sort of always an original expression of cl- collaborations. It's a, it's like a, obviously Hicks tape mixtape is kind of his play on that. But this one in particular is Joe Diffie centered. I think he's re-recording a lot of Joe Diffie songs, and he even has like he's acquired like the vocals from like uh, some. Mid 2000s recordings from Joe Diffie. So, Joe Diffie will be heard on this album, even though he's been dead for now, uh, gosh, it's been about four years. So, that's what we saw at the CMA Awards. We saw like Post Malone and Morgan Wallen singing uh, Pickup Man, and I forget what other song they did at the time, Um, but it's going to be a bunch of Joe Diffie songs.
0: Okay. I mean, that's kind of random, but I understand, you know, why they're doing it. It's just, I think it's going to be cool, but it is kind of random, especially with Post Malone and everything.
2: I agree. Like, I don't know that like at the time of his death, like Joe Diffie had acquired sort of like this nostalgic value that he holds today. Like he was kind of a, a, a cool 90s artist that released some songs, but like his his prestige has sort of been elevated I think since his death. And then since like this nineties revolution and now Hardy's seemingly taking it to sort of the next level. And, uh, you know, his son has signed off on it and of course he would. Why wouldn't he, you know I mean? the family's all in on like this, some of this music getting a little extra attention. So I think it's kind of cool, but it is a little bit curious to me because working in radio at the time, I never thought of Joe Diffie as like this guy that was going to like, um, sort of, I don't know. I didn't think of him as an icon of 90s country radio at the time. I thought an artist like John Michael Montgomery was much more so. Um but he's he's kind of living a, a quieter existence.
0: Yeah. And you know, I appreciate, you know, what uh Hardy does and the and the the Hicks tape and everything. You know, it doesn't get a lot of, you know, like a mainstream radio player or whatever, but it does really well. So I think like uh, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people are really into hearing the collaborations and stuff and surely there'll be a bunch of Morgan Wallen and Ernest on there. I feel like those guys live together.
2: So Post Malone is on there, and the second album I have that I'm really interested in for this year is he's confirmed that he's going to be doing a country record, uh, presumably in 2024. He's kind of beat around the bush a little bit, but then on a, a Twitch live stream in November, he just flat out said, yes, he's all in for a country record. And this sort of makes good some promises he made, I don't want to say promise, but we've seen him taking photos with Brad Paisley, and then he was at the CMA Awards, and there was a couple of other uh, artists sort of collaborations we saw him sort of kicking around. Like, he's making good on sort of appearing in these country music circles, and he's going to enter the genre in some kind of way. I'm really fascinated by this project, because I'm wondering, like, how dedicated he will be to not only releasing the songs, but, like, promoting it and embracing the genre, like, is this going to be a Jessica Simpson where he just sort of drops it and says, "I'm here, come play me," or is he going to do like what El King has done and like really show up and no. embrace country music? I you don't, don't think. Th-
0: I don't. Th- First of all, I love I don't post Malone. I don't think he knows where he is half the time. I think that he just <laughs> randomly said that on a Twitch and he is Post Malone, he's got the ability to do so. So maybe he'll fire up, you know, a country album. He'll work with Ernest, he'll work with Jelly Roll, he'll work with Hardy yeah. and Morgan and all that and I think that'll be I it. Agree. Like, yeah, I don't think. I don't know. I just can't see it because part of me thinks that People in the country music uh, audience will feel like he's like gassing him up a little bit. Uh, I'm trying yeah. to think of a better way to say it, like you know, no, like Lil perfect. Nas X or whatever, you know.
2: Yeah, I, I think I, I I tend to agree. Like I could see like an Ashley McBride collaboration of some sort because they seem to be of similar mind. But I don't see like three years from now. I don't see us talking about post Malone's third or fourth country album
0: no way but you're right I I could definitely see some heavy collaborations if he were to do one like Chris Stapleton like Ashley McBride like I could see him working with like the top of the pops of country I just don't see it becoming his life I don't I don't think there's enough of an audience a niche that would be enough for him to give up his other career
2: yeah, I, I agree, um, and I don't think in country music you get to do both because if for some reason country music, the industry doesn't allow artists to sort of flip flop between genres like that. We want we want artists all to ourselves, right? In, in a strange kind of way, we're very immature <laughs> in that sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so uh, true, though, man. It's you know, I mean Jelly Roll was able to do it. You know, he had some charting songs on rock at the same time, but yeah, I,
2: I don't, it's close, man. It was it was tough. So the last one I have that I'm really looking forward to is I've been kind of watching closely, like, George Strait, the way he's sort of moved around recently. Mm -hmm. And, like, you used to never hear anybody talk about George Strait. Like, the stories and the anecdotes weren't there. And, like, within the last few months, I think I've heard, like... Three good George Strait anecdotes. I know Parker McCollum's out playing golf with him. George mm-hmm. Burge talked about how Parker or George Strait knew who he was. Um, I had an interview with Wynona Judd who shared a great story about how George has always been sort of really encouraging. Then he shows up at like a Nashville tribute concert to songwriter Keith Gaddis. Uh, he's touring again in 2024, and I think Taste of Country is the only person that reported this. But Chris Stapleton was in studio with George Strait at some point last fall. Leading me to believe that not only are they touring together, they have a duet coming, which makes a ton of sense. I'm going to predict that not only is there a George Strait album coming, that maybe it's even a little bit bigger. Like maybe we're going to get like a little bit of a retrospective, a little bit of a legacy play from George Strait, a la Dolly Parton, who just did something very similar in 2023.
0: Um uh, I I love it. I think I love it. I just. I don't know. I I do think he's up to something because everybody's talking about him, but is could that be like Nashville and Texas's best kept secret? Like no one has spilled the beans yet other than what we found out about with Chris Stapleton? Like do you think these artists like do you think Parker was playing golf with them after they got done recording something?
2: I'm not opposed. to – I I could see that, or, or maybe okay. they became friends when they were recording something, or I mean, they're both from Texas, so maybe they just kind of played the Texas card. And I don't. That well, seems to work, but
0: I will. I don't know because I will say I to, I've I've recently talked to Parker, and he was talking about like when the first time he met George, and he still called him Mister George. So like, I don't know that Parker McCollum can just call up George and say let's play golf. I I see it as let's yeah. you know they're recording a song and then. George is like, hey, let's go out on there, man. You know?
2: What about, like, remember Brooks and Dunn did that reboot album where artists recorded his songs, and that was a huge success. Maybe there's something like that kind of yeah. coming down the pipe. I don't know. You know I mean, George I'm, I'm better than
0: that. me. Is that, you know, George better than me? Is that something that he would be
2: okay with? I, yeah, why not? I I think so. Like, he's at an interesting point in his career where he is sort of realizing, maybe even a little bit late, that he can sort of embrace this sort of glow, or people just loving on him as this legend, and and that's okay. Like, maybe, I mean, I think some people might be kind of embarrassed by that, but, like, it's worked so well now for the Judds and Brooks and Dunn, and, and yeah, I think there's even been a couple of artists who have sort of embraced their legacy in a way that didn't make them look old that i think you could do that now okay Man, that's fascinating I, to think about
0: i would love yeah i would love it like i i could just imagine waking up one day what if there was a surprise george straight drop you know like at midnight like everybody right. would lose their mind
2: yeah yeah i think <laughs> i think that i think that would be the biggest thing of the year we're
0: calling it. That's what's going to happen. That's what's happening. George Strait is going to drop a Beyonce emergency album at midnight.
2: So we have a list of the most exciting albums we're looking forward to in 2024, and we speculate on about eight more of them. Some of them are confirmed, but like Laney Wilson, Carly Pierce, and Oliver Anthony are three more artists we speculate on. And um, you can find all of that at the Taste of Country app.